gentlemen i hope everyone is doing well this afternoon as uh we get into the final day of the work week otherwise known as friday ladies and gentlemen it's stir friday ladies and gentlemen i hope you guys are ready for it and for a brand new episode of lone star news i am your host mr c also known as michael aaron cassidus coming to you live here on this friday july 22nd 2022 got a Great day ahead of us, and we also have another brand spanking new episode of Texas News and Current Events, ladies and gentlemen. You asked for it, you wanted it, and uh, it's back. I hope you guys are seeing a pattern starting to formulate. Uh, either way, because you know we've been doing double, we've been doubling up on shows this week, which is great and dandy. Been able to cover a lot of things that we uh. Have, we can't always cover, you know, in the span of three hours every night. Least of all, if it's Texas news, guys, I mean, but that should be uh, priority number one, right? For someone like myself, uh, a, uh, a four or five fifth generation Texan here, just uh, trying to clean up my own backyard. That's kind of what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. So with that said, we'll be here for about the next hour and uh, we'll jump into a little bit of that Texas bomb diggity. Uh, by way of real quick um, housekeeping, going to encourage you all stop on by the uh, online shop, shopmrctv.com. Well, actually, it's not shopmrctv.com. Shopmrctv, that's the name of the store. And uh, we're actually still running that promotion, you guys, uh, we talked about uh, for 4th of July. Because, uh, shh. Don't tell the podcast uh, audience, but the uh, special just caught up with them. So uh, enter promo code 1776REBORN. Get your Mr. C TV merchandise and uh, support the show, support the network, support, support all of the shows, actually, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, your best way of doing that is by going to thecreport.com. That's right, thecreport.com. I'm whipping that up real quick for you guys who are visually inclined. And click on the store button. Click on the store button and it will take you right over to our uh, online shop store, Shop Mr. C. Use promo code 1776REBORN at the checkout and get your ladies and gentlemen mr c merchandise at a discount we're doing a 17 percent discount now through the end of the month 
just to be fair to the online audience, we're trying to be as fair as possible, sorry guys. But hey, that means that the savings are extended to you all and you can support the store, the show, and the work I do here at Lone Star News to see reports, see in the dark, and every other broadcast that we bring to you live here over at Mr. CTV. Much appreciated. All those who've already picked up some items, can't wait to hear all about them. Ladies and gentlemen, okay, I think I'm going to do one more adjustment here before the show hits the road. Let's do this real quick. Doing a little bit of that on the air editing. Whoopsie. And that's a little bit better. And I think that'll work for now. Okay, guys. All right. Let's get into today's show. What are we going to talk about on a Friday afternoon? Ladies and gentlemen, well, if you read the uh, headline coming into the show this afternoon, then you know uh, we've got a difficult task to undertake and uh, that is the release of the uh, Rob Elementary School shooting report that came out uh, recently, just within the last few days or so. It's actually an interim report that talks about um, talks about uh, a lot of things that have been assessed from that tragic afternoon here in the state of Texas. And uh, that was what? Uh, that was primary day 2022 here in the state of Texas. Incidentally, that we had this event situation, this thing, this shooting occurred. And there was already a lot of hubbub about this whole thing. The timing of it, uh, some of the way that the things went down during it. Indeed, there was plenty of room for questions about um about uh, this uh, entire entire tragedy ladies and gentlemen still questions to this day but uh incidentally this uh new interim report actually does highlight many 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 of the things that went wrong as far as procedure go into when we're talking about um school shootings and whatnot. So wanted to talk about this a little bit this afternoon, uh, just uh, to kind of um, reacquaint ourselves with this tragedy. It's not a fun topic to talk about, but there were also so many other questions, so many other things that I think people could dig into when we're talking about what occurred that day. However, we're going to focus on the interim report and what's been going on from them and then perhaps pick up a couple of other pieces that will fit um, into this uh, tragic event, the storyline of it all. I think moving forward, at least on a, um, a, on a national level, ladies and gentlemen, a national level uh, involving, of course, the Second Amendment uh, school um, gun control and uh, the likes, ladies and gentlemen, and where that will leave your children, or should I say, where that will leave people of a certain age in regards to guns and what uh, entities like the Democrats and the progressives and the left-leaning liberals and the socialists and the communists would all prefer 
and that is um, red flag gun laws that are invasive and that also uh, hinder the rights of some of our younger brothers and sisters here in America. And those would be, of course, you know, people under 21, uh, but older than 16 or 17. If they can start to strip them of their rights to guns just because, uh, you know, they get hopped up on uh, prescription meds, play video games all day and probably get brainwashed by CIA counterparts that call themselves their online gaming friends. Well, ladies and gentlemen... Uh, we're in a lot worse of a situation than we might expect to be in. But uh, let's let's jump right in. We'll start with an article before we get into the report. And the report is all but 81 pages long. It might be 88 pages, somewhere in the 80s. You know, uh, I do have a copy of the report to share with you guys today, but we're not going to read the whole thing. But there are some very interesting uh, highlights I did prepare for you guys in that regard. This article comes from the Texas Tribune. It basically breaks down uh, what this report is all about. And uh, it is leaving a lot of people with their uh, jaws dropped, mouth agape at some of the crazy, uh, dare we call it mismanagement, right? Um, a lack of leadership, I think, would probably be a bit more appropriate, as you'll see as we get into it. But uh, Texas Tribune brings us this article. It says systemic failures in Uvalde shooting went far beyond local police, Texas report, uh, Texas House report details. It says in total. 376 law enforcement officers descended upon the school according to the most extensive account of the shooting to date. 376. It says that better equipped departments should have stepped up to fill a leadership void after the Uvalde school's police chief failed to take charge. And it seems like that's the crux of this report here. Ladies and gentlemen, Police Chief Arendondo, who at the time of the shooting was also a member of the city council. So police chief and city councilman, uh, he's since resigned. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but the article goes on to say the 18-year-old who massacred 19 students and two teachers in Uvalde on May 24th had no experience with firearms before his rampage began. He targeted an elementary school with an active shooter policy that had been deemed adequate, but also had a long history of doors propped open. No one was able to stop the gunmen from carrying out the deadliest school shooting in Texas history, in part uh, because of the systemic failures and egregious poor decision-making by nearly everyone involved who was in a position of power, a new investigation into the shooting has found. On Sunday, a Texas House committee released the most exhaustive account yet of the shooter, his planning, his attack, and the fumbling response he provoked. The 77-page report, okay, so maybe it's 10 pages of credits and uh, stuff like that, but the 77-page report reviewed by the Texas Tribune, provides a damning portrayal of a family unable to recognize warning signs, a school district that had strayed from strict adherence to its safety plan, and a police response that disregarded its own active shooter training. It explains how the gunman, who investigators believe had never fired a gun before May 24th, was able to stockpile 
military-style rifles, accessories, and ammunitions without arousing suspicion from authorities, then enter a supposedly secure school unimpeded and indiscriminately kill children and adults. In total, 376 law enforcement officers, a force larger than the garrison that defended the Alamo, descended upon the school in a chaotic, uncoordinated scene that lasted for more than an hour. The group was devoid of clear leadership, basic communication, and sufficient urgency to take down the gunmen, the report says. Notably, the investigation is the first so far to criticize the inaction of state and federal law enforcement, while other reports and public accounts by officials have placed the blame squarely on Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District Police Chief Pete Arendondo for his role as incident commander and other local police who were among the first to arrive. The report also reveals for the first time that the overwhelmingly majority of responders were federal and state law enforcement. 149 were U.S. Border Patrol and 91 were state police, whose responsibilities include responding to mass attacks in public places. There were 25 Uvalde police officers and 16 sheriff's deputies. Arandondo's school police force was accounted for five of the officers on the scene. The rest of the force was made up of neighboring county law enforcement, U.S. Marshals, and Federal Drug Enforcement Administration officers. The investigations, uh, the investigators said that in the absence of a strong incident commander, another officer could have and should have stepped up to the task. These local officials were not the only ones expected to supply the leadership needed during this tragedy, the report said. Hundreds of responders from numerous law enforcement agencies, many of whom were better trained and better equipped than the school district police, quickly arrived on the scene. The uh, other responders could have helped to address the unfolding chaos. The three committee members, Representative Dustin Burroughs of Lubbock, Texas, Representative Joe Moody of El Paso, and former state Supreme Court Eva Justice Guzman, I mean, Supreme Court Justice Eva Guzman, whom I might add stepped down from being Supreme Court Justice so she could run against Ken Paxton in the Attorney General's race we just had in March, said they sought to create a comprehensive account the legislature can use to craft police uh, policies aimed at preventing future massacres. The trio also sought to present an accurate narrative to the public in contrast to several conflicting and retracted accounts provided by other officials, including the governor and state police, in the seven weeks since the tragedy that have undermined residents' trust in the ongoing investigation. Very, very interesting here. Good, Very, very interesting. Good afternoon, Kiss. Good to see you. Good afternoon, Thanks for popping in. Sorry I didn't let you know I was going on live, but uh, we're working on that a definite schedule here, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for dropping those links. So, uh, yeah, the uh, interim report does pick, I mean, it op it very sadly, it opens with a dedication to the individuals who were killed, gunned down in this event. And uh, so that's very sad to read. Um, but uh, it does go on to talk about the law enforcement failures 
Um, so let's take a look at that briefly, overviewing. Well, well, we'll get through this article, right? So it says here, the failure of police to quickly subdue the shooter has faced widespread public condemnation and criticism from fellow law enforcement officials. At its core, the committee report echoes criticisms made previously by police tactic experts. That instead of following the doctrine developed after the 1999 Columbine High School massacre, which dictates that officers immediately confront active shooters, police at Robb Elementary retreated after coming under fire and then waited for backup. All what, 376 of them? They failed to prioritize saving the lives of innocent victims over their own safety, the committee said in its report. The report lists myriad law enforcement mistakes, which expanded far beyond any single commander or agency. They stemmed not from a lack of manpower, but from an absence of leadership and effective communication in interviews conducted or obtained by the committee. Police officers said they assumed Arundondo was in command or did not know who was in charge. Several described the scene as chaos or a cluster. And I'm pretty sure the Texas Tribune left out uh, the um, full phrase there for cluster, right? We all know what kind of uh, the cluster buffet. We call it, we'll call it a, a cluster buffet. A cluster buffet, a scene you would expect to see if Stacey Abrams were at the local Golden Corral. Uh, the article says the report listed several ways that an effective incident commander outside the school might have helped. The commander might have noticed that radios were not working well and found a better way to communicate. Uh, a commander might have found a master key to the school faster to get inside the classroom where the shooter was barricade. Or a commander might have suggested checking to make sure the door was locked. Or the commander might have urged officers to find another way to get inside that classroom. But Aaron Dondo told the Texas Tribune in June that he did not consider himself an incident commander after he was one of the first officers to arrive inside the school. He said he assumed another officer outside would fill that role. The committee did not find this argument persuasive. It cited the school district's active shooter response plan co-authored by Arundondo himself, stated that the chief will become the person in control of the efforts of all law enforcement and first responders that arrive at the school. The district last month placed him on administrative leave. But blame for the flawed police response extends far beyond the school district police chief of a six-officer department. The report concludes, the report criticized other officers and law enforcement agencies, many of them better trained for failing to fill the leadership vacuum left by Arundondo's inaction. In this crisis, no responder seized the initiative to establish an incident command post, the committee wrote. Despite an obvious atmosphere of chaos, the ranking officers of other responding agencies did not approach the Uvalde uh, CISD chief of police or anyone else perceived to be in command. To point out the lack of and need of for a command post or to offer that specific assistance. In testimony to a Senate committee June 21st, Department of Public Safety Commissioner Steve McGraw said officers on scene observed that Arundondo was not acting like an incident commander. 
Uh, McGraw previously dismissed the idea that his state troopers could or should have stepped in to take control from Arundandu. Let's say a DPS captain shows up in a situation, decides he's going to exercise control, McGraw told senators last month. Well, first of all, he does not have the information. And you know what? He may not be as sharp as the on-scene commander that's there. So I'm reluctant to encourage or even think of any situation where you'd want to level, uh, want some level of hierarchy where a larger police department gets to come in and take over. Yet, when pressed by Senator Roland Gutierrez, a Democrat whose district includes Uvalde, McGraw conceded that confronting an active shooter is more important than deferring to an officer who, according to protocol, is the rightful incident commander. DPS officials did not respond to request for comment on Sunday. Ultimately, the report said Border Patrol agents decided they would breach the classroom without seeking permission from Arundondo. That team killed the gunmen at 12.51 p.m., ending the standoff. Despite the collective failure of police to act decisively, the committee uncovered individual instances in which officers acted boldly without instruction. When officers were driven back by gunfire just after the school, Uvalde Police Department Lieutenant Javier Martinez attempted to confront the shooter again. He advanced up the hallway in an evident desire to maintain momentum and to stop the killing. No officers followed him, and he stopped. Several law enforcement officers told the committee that they believed if others had followed him as backup, he might have made it to the classroom and engaged the shooter. DPS Special Agent Luke Williams disregarded a request that he assist in securing a perimeter outside and instead enter the building to help clear rooms. He found a student hiding in a boy's bathroom stall with his legs up so he couldn't be seen. The boy refused to come out until Williams proved he was a police officer, which he did by showing his badge beneath the door of the stall. Williams then encountered a group of officers clustered at the end of the hallway where the shooter was and overheard someone ask, y'all don't know if there's kids in there? If there's kids in there, we need to go in there, Williams said at 11.56 a.m., according to footage captured by his body camera. An officer in the hallway responded to Williams that whoever was in charge would figure that out, the report said. Dang, guys, I don't know about you, but that's pretty infuriating, ladies and gentlemen. That's pure, pretty infuriating. Hey, Sapek Vet, what's going on? Good afternoon. Yep, sneaking on in here. Seems like if I'm going to sneak at, uh, at all during the day, it's going to be about 3 p.m., <laughs> And uh, maybe we'll do it again tonight, ladies and gentlemen. But of course we are. Of course we are. We got a uh, President Trump rally tonight. So that will be uh, our C report. Um, we'll talk about that more at the end of the show. Remind me, though, why don't you if I forget? Remind me, though, if I don't forget. Yeah, uh, Subpagvet says more like 30 or 40 of them. Yeah, there's like all of these officers clustered at the end of the hallway. Yeah, we got photos. Don't worry. We got photos. Uh, let's take a look at this inadequate school safety, okay? You'll see, guys, though, like at the beginning of this report, they blame the school a lot. And then I guess they get into, uh, they get into the, um, 
inadequacies of the police force. Okay, so it says here, Rob Elementary School on its face had all the pieces in place to slow an intruder. The school is encircled by a five-foot fence. It has an, a five-foot fence, really. I could jump a five-foot fence. It has an emergency management alert system and school policies for faculty and staff to keep exterior and interior doors locked at all times, but a culture of complacency weakened the safeguards. Multiple witnesses told the committee that employees often left doors unlocked while teachers would use rocks, wedges, and magnets to prop open interior and exterior doors. This was partly because of a shortage of keys. In fact, the school actually suggested circumventing the locks as a solution for the convenience of substitute teachers and others who lacked their own keys. In March, the teacher in room 111, through which investigators believe the shooter entered during the massacre, reported to school administrators that his classroom door was not always locking. The head custodian testified he never heard of any problems with that door and maintenance records during the school year do not contain any work orders for it. The teacher, Arnulfo Reyes, was shot twice in the shooting but survived. Ultimately, the shooter was able to easily scale the fence and enter the school through a series of unlocked doors. Had school personnel locked the doors as the school's policy required, that could have slowed his progress for a few precious moments. The question of locked doors came into play again when law enforcement arrived and assumed they could not break down the doors of the classroom to reach the gunmen. They would fumble for several minutes in search of a key and other equipment to break down the door that is now believed to have been unlocked the entire time. So these guys don't even check the doors first. Jeez Louise. The search for the unnecessary key was complicated by the fact that the school, which first opened in 1955, had different sets of master keys for different doors. Lieutenant Mike Hernandez of the District Depart Police Department said he typically carried 50 keys to various campus buildings, though sometimes he had to jiggle them to turn locks. On other occasions, staff changed locks without his knowledge. During the shooting, other officers attempted without success to use Hernandez's set, find a, uh, set to find a suitable master key for the wing of the school where the shooter was. Additionally, some faculty and staff did not initially take the intruder alert seriously because they were desensitized to the alert system, which was often triggered by frequent immigration-related police pursuits. Uvalde is about 50 miles east of the border with Mexico and sits at the intersection of major highways from the border cities of Del Rio and El Eagle Pass. Police described a recent increase in bailouts um, when officers chase a vehicle containing suspected undocumented migrants who then purposely crash and scatter to avoid apprehension. So that is that is what you call a Texas bailout, ladies and gentlemen. That's what you call a... a a Texas bailout when you got a whole bunch of immigrants uh, crashing and bailing out of a car to avoid apprehension. Yeah, well, well, let's just say a Texas bailout is a lot different from, a, you know, a banker's bailout, so to speak, ladies and gentlemen. But um, it says here school district officials told the committee there had been 47 secure or lockdown events since February 2022, around 90% of those had been because of bailouts. There's never been an incident of school violence related to the bailouts. The series of bailout-related alerts led teachers and administrators to respond to all alerts with 
less urgency. When they heard the sound of an alert, many assumed that it was another bailout, the report states. Even when there were alerts, it was not certain that everyone would receive them. The emergency management alert system operates by sending out warnings online to teachers and faculty, and many access it through a smartphone app. But not all teachers receive the alerts about the gunmen immediately, thanks in part to a poor wireless internet signal that made it difficult to send out the alert and the fact that many teachers did not have their phones or had them off at the moment they received it. Principal Mandy Gutierrez never attempted to communicate the lockdown over the school's intercom. Makes you wonder if that was a uh, part of the protocol. Ladies and gentlemen, Okay, we'll skip the missed warning signs, guys, of this article. It just talks more. It talks about the shooter. Don't care to say his name or its name or her name, whatever it is. I think that I think the most interesting question here and probably one of the more um, important questions that has been asked about this event uh, is how the shooter uh, an 18 year old little boy managed to get like basically thousands of dollars worth of, uh, guns and ammunition. Um, it said that he had, a, a fast food job. Okay. At, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and say the names of the restaurants, even though we're not promoting them. What a burger and Wendy's ladies and gentlemen, and working at a fast food restaurant, uh, either of these two, uh, I guess supposedly he'd been able to save up enough money to buy these weapons, you know, because that's a big, that's a big thing right there. And that's something I don't think many people or maybe even the investigators look to in as much really guys. Did he buy that cash? Okay. Did he buy it with a line of credit who sold it to him? What kind of gun manufacturer or what kind of gun salesman sold it to him? Although all those questions, right? All of those questions, um, just as a real quick into uh, the life of the shooter, it says in real life, he was fired from two fast food jobs at Whataburger. He harassed a female employee and at Wendy's, he would not talk with any coworkers except one occasion when he attempted to start a conversation about guns. In the final months of his life, he was determined to acquire guns, a desire the report says family and friends were aware of because he lived with his grandmother and had no expenses. He was able to use his money for this effort. Okay. While he was still 17, the shooter asked at least two people to purchase guns for him, but they refused. Instead, he focused on purchasing accessories, including a gun sight, rifle sling, and body armor carrier. He turned 18, the legal age, to buy guns in Texas on May 16th. Over the course of the next week, he spent more than $3,000 on two AR-15-style rifles from an online retailer, which shipped the weapons to a Uvalde gun shop. Because he had no license and he did not know how to drive, an uncle transported him to the gun store twice. His uncle said the first time he did not know he was going to pick up a rifle, since the store is also a popular restaurant in town, and his nephew said he was hungry. But he narrow he returned with a narrow box and no food. The owner of the gun store, Oasis Outback, remembered him and described him to investigators as an average customer with no red flags. No red flags. 
Red flags. Red flags, ladies and gentlemen. Other store patrons told the FBI they thought he was very nervous looking and appeared odd and looked like one of those school shooters. The report details no attempt by anyone who interacted with the gunman to alert authorities about his troubling behavior. Okay. So, very, very interesting all that, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of this is detail I'm sure many of you guys are familiar with. Uh, but for our um, Lone Star News audience, well, we're giving it to you today. So uh, let's see here. We only got about a couple more paragraphs and then we're going to look at the report. It says here, undermining... Whoa, where'd it go? Where did you go? There it is. Undermining trust. In the days after the shooting, state officials unnecessarily undermined public trust in the ongoing investigations by making false statements about what had happened. The report states, remember that when uh, Greg Abbott, Rhino Abbott of the state of Texas, got pissed off because he was given wrong information. Oh, he was livid, ladies and gentlemen. He was absolutely livid. And so, um, yeah, Abbott pissed off, confronted them, said he needs accurate information. I mean, obviously, guys, you know, obviously, life, life, life is involved here, guys. Life is involved. So uh, it needs to be accurate. It needs to be correct. It needs to be sound, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com, you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com, that's www.thecreport.com and be sure to follow us on our social medias truth social rumble twitch clout hub and pill.net um let's uh let's see what this uh, article says this par- paragraph says here it says the disastrous police response at rob elementary has set this mass shooting apart from so many that uh, have become a regular occurrence in American life, it has renewed the debate over the role of police and cast doubt on the theory embraced by many Second Amendment advocates that good guys with guns are the best defense against active shooters. It casts doubt on a theory that good guys with guns are the best against active shooters. Okay, okay, Texas Tribune. Just because good guys in the police force, in the, uh, what, the Texas Rangers, state police, uh, the FDA, or the FDA, uh, the FDA would be on the scene there, actually, if you think about it. Anyways, because uh, it involves uh, things being shot into the body. What a terrible time to make jokes, Mr. C. But no, uh, seriously, though, um, Texas Tribune... You just because you would qualify the uh, the the ATF and the uh, Texas State uh, Police and and even Police Chief Arandondo is a good guy, and they don't do anything with their guns does not mean that you should demonize every other single law-abiding gun-owning American 
that knows how to defend against an active shooter. Something tells me if you'd gotten any law-abiding Texan in there with a gun, they would have been able to take out this this uh, this school shooter far quicker than any of the 376 police officers and law enforcement representatives that were there on that day. Don't tell me 376 good guys with guns who could not defend against an active shooter means that no good guy with a gun could defend against an active shooter. Don't get it twisted, Texas Tribune, okay? Now, this is local media for Texas, so yeah, this is on par with the crap that you get with the rest of this uh, this uh, nation in regards to the local media press uh, being total sellouts to the legacy press, ladies and gentlemen. Got, got to insert those little, those little red flag uh, gun control ideas into the minds of everybody is what it seems like. Hey, 123SKG, how you doing this afternoon? Good to see you, sweetheart. Glad you're uh, joining us uh, this afternoon. As we barrel into this Rob Elementary shooting report, it says, yet the report concludes with a somber finding because the gunman fired the majority of his rounds before police arrived inside the school about 100 in the space of three minutes, whether the death toll would have been lower had police breached the classroom immediately is unknown. I'm willing to bet... I'm willing to bet many of those kids were still alive more than 10 minutes after he started his shooting. Most of the victims died quickly. <clears throat> That's uh, terrible. Um, the report suggests that stopping the gunman sooner could have made a difference. Okay. Given the information known about victims who survived through the time of the breach and who later died on the way to the hospital, the committee wrote, it is plausible that some victims could have survived if they had not had to wait 73 additional minutes for rescue. That, ladies and gentlemen, is disgusting. Okay, absolutely disgusting. absolutely disgusting all right guys it's picture time um we have some photographs here to share with the audience and i'll try and be as descriptive as possible for the um for the um podcast audience uh we have uh some photos of the incident from a school school video it looks like uh, uh though we won't say his name we will um show uh image of him that is the alleged shooter there entering the school ladies and gentlemen in case you had never seen that one before uh next one shows um some of the police on the scene down the i would assume this is down the hallway from where the active shooting is occurring we got one two three four five six uh members there in the uh school camera view uh, another photo shows even more officers um gathering down the hallway this looks like it's about from the same uh advantage as far as view goes as the previous one yeah see same door here same door and uh these ones have more weapons drawn they these guys are like serious like we got one two three four four uh guns drawn and we've got a barricade bulletproof uh right in front of them and I'm assuming this is Police Chief Arandondo, but I don't know for a fact off to the right here. Uh, here's a view from a body cam footage. Um, again, we have uh, barriers drawn and shields, you know. 
we got uh, more footage. So maybe this one is not Aaron Dondo. I think I called someone else Aaron Dondo. Uh, this is uh, from 12.21 p.m. We see body camera footage as well as uh, photos from down the hall. No one down here, it looks like, where this uh, shooter, I guess, would be stationed. Uh, I'm guessing at about this point, guys, uh, they're like, uh, so are we going to actually go in there and stop this guy or what? <laughs> you know, this one actually says it's from 11.09 p.m. Uh, a.m. So this would have been prior to the last picture. Let's look at that last picture again. I'm just trying to build, trying to build a narrative for myself here. No, don't ungroup it. Okay. So we got, okay, well, this camera here says... This image here says body cam 1121. This image here is what? 1221. So that's an hour in time here difference between this body cam footage and this footage. So maybe this is when they actually go and get him, right? I, maybe this is when they're organizing uh, who's going to get him and who's going to do what. Look at all of these people here. And then look at, you got more right down here. This whole group of people. All of these men could not figure out who was going to kill, stop this active shooter. And this guy's, wait, 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 don't go over there. You can't go. He hasn't finished killing the last student. This is at 12.50 p.m., ladies and gentlemen. 12.50 p.m. We still have this body of uh, police officers, law enforcement individuals down at the end of the hallway. And this man is stopping them. He's like, no. This guy's like, I'm going to do it. And look at, they're holding him back here. You see, he's like holding him back. What's, what is going on here, right? He's like, you can't do that. You're not the commander of this incident. If you guys were looking at some of the photos, looks like these guys got into it, right? It looks like he's drawing a gun on him. No, just kidding. He's pointing his finger. Ladies and gentlemen, so I don't know what was going on. Can you just imagine the melodrama? What the heck was going on here, guys? Days of our lives, right? Days of our lives. Uh, the 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 hombres of the Uvalde police force, right? Like, what the heck is going on here, guys? That's what I want to know. What the heck is going on here? Okay. Uh, let's take a quick look at this investigative report, guys. Uh, it's 81 pages. We're not going to go through all of this, obviously, but I did want to share... Some of what the, you know, so you can get, a, you can get a sense of what these people are driving at through their verbiage and the things that they say. Uh, good afternoon, Raven, uh, 2000. Good afternoon. Sub pack vet says pussy ass cowards. Well, you know what? It's a little bit early for that kind of language on Mr. CTV, but you know what? They are pussy ass cowards, Mr. Sub pack vet. I would have to absolutely agree with you on that. So um, let's see here. Investigative Committee on the Robb Elementary Shooting, Texas House of Representatives. Interim report, right? So this isn't even the final report. You got your, uh, you got your token Republican, your token uh, Democrat, and the honorary Eva Guzman, your token public member who... Uh, uh, she, man, you don't want to talk about some rhinos up in here? You want to talk about some rhinos and dinos, ladies and gentlemen. You want to talk about people who really don't give a damn about your state of Texas or about this nation? Probably all three of those. 
Um, Dade Phelan, speaking of people who don't give a damn about uh, Texas or this nation, Dade Phelan also uh, at the at the top of this report. Actually, he's the one who uh, he's the one who um, um, authorized this and uh, got this thing going underway. But uh, yeah, there's there's this dedication to those lost. Very very sad, guys. Very very sad. We'll go ahead and skip through that. Not that we're skipping it, but uh, too sad to read. So here's your introduction and an executive summary. See, it says here, of necessity, this report will describe shortcomings and failures of the Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District and of various agencies and officers of law enforcement. There's no one to whom we can attribute malice or ill motives. Instead, we found systemic failures and egregious poor decision-making with hindsight, we can say that Robb Elementary did not adequately prepare for the risk of an armed intruder on campus. So here's where they, they just they lay into the school before they get into uh, the police and law enforcement. It says the school's five foot tall exterior fence was inadequate to meaningfully impede an intruder while the school had adopted security policies to lock exterior doors and internal classroom doors. There was a regrettable culture of non-compliance by school personnel who frequently propped doors open and deliberately circumvented locks. At a minimum, school administrators and school district police tacitly condoned this behavior as they were aware of these unsafe practices and did not treat them as serious infractions requiring immediate correction. In fact, the school actually suggested circumventing the locks as a solution for the convenience of substitute teachers and others who lacked their own keys. Another factor contributing to relaxed vigilance on campus was the frequency of security alerts and campus lockdowns resulting from a recent rise of bailouts. The Texas bailout is the term used in border communities for increasingly frequent occurrence of human traffickers trying to outrun the police, usually ending with the smuggling a smuggler crashing the vehicle and the passengers fleeing in all directions. Uh, the frequency of these bailouts related alarms, there were 50 bailout related alarms between February and May of 2022, which contributed to a diminished sense of vigilance about responding to security alerts. Insane, isn't it, guys? And that's something, you know, people who don't live on the border might never think about, might have never known about or could not appreciate uh, okay, so if you're on a border town, they have something called a bailout alert. Okay, watch out. You might have a crazy, uh, it sound terribly racist. You're gonna have a crazy wet back running through the hallways, ladies and gentlemen. You're gonna have a crazy uh, river jumper. God, we're getting, we're getting all types of racist here this afternoon on this uh, Lone Star News. Anyways, back to this report it says at Robb Elementary law enforcement responders failed to adhere to their active shooter training and they failed to prioritize saving lives of innocent victims over their own safety. Okay, so this is uh, on the section of the report called the responders, ladies and gentlemen. The first wave of responders to arrive included the chief of the school district police and the commander of the Uvalde Police Department SWAT team. The Uvalde CISD's written active shooter plan directed its police chief to assume command and control of the response to an active shooter. 
The chief of police was one of the first responders on the scene, but as events unfolded, he failed to perform or to transfer to another person the role of incident commander. This was an essential duty. He, he, he had assigned to himself in the plan mentioned above, yet it was not effectively performed by anyone. That tells me that uh, this uh, police chief, Aaron Dondo, probably did not write the report. And he probably did not read the report either when whomever it is that wrote it up for him uh, submitted it to uh, uh, their procedures, ladies and gentlemen. It says, notably, nobody ensured that responders making key decisions inside the building received information that students and teachers had survived. The initial burst of gunfire were trapped in rooms 111 and 112 and had called out for help. Some responders outside and inside the building knew that information through radio communications but nobody in command analyzed this information to recognize that the attacker was preventing critically injured victims from obtaining medical care. Instead of continuing to act as if they were addressing a barricaded subject scenario in which responders had time on their side, they should have reassessed the scenario as one involving an active shooter. Correcting this error should have sparked greater urgency to immediately breach the classroom by any possible means to subdue the attacker and to deliver immediate aid to surviving victims. Recognition of an active shooter scenario also should have prompted responders to prioritize the rescue of innocent victims over precious time wasted in a search for door keys and shields to enhance the safety of law enforcement responders. How infuriating is that, ladies and gentlemen? How infuriating is that? Gross incompetence, the peg vet. Gross incompetence. Um, so, yeah. And, uh, well, there's, there's more to be said about that, ladies and gentlemen. This section, background and history of the investigation. Again, it just talks about Dade Phelan. Dade Phelan, the Texas Rhino Speaker of the House. Um, appointing this commission, etc. Into... Uh, uh, this event, uh, Rob Elementary School Security and Facilities Overview. So it talks about that, talks about when it was built, right? How many students attend, etc. Notable events. <clears throat> it goes on here to talk about uh, the Uvalde um, Police Department there for the school. And why some of their security measures um, were not adhered to. Undoubtedly, more interesting information here, guys. Um, their alert standard for active shooter training. It goes into what they learned there, etc. Their active shooter response card. What they're supposed to do per the slides. Take command, I'm sure, would be the operative action here, ladies and gentlemen. So, Police Chief Arandondo, um, he totally abdicated his duties here. He didn't even know he was in charge. He did not even know he was in charge. 
Hey, just Josie, what's going on this afternoon? Welcome into the audience. Yep. Just just watching video of it, just Josie says, I had to cut out. Yeah. Totally, totally, totally infuriating, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in case you guys are wondering where Uvalde is on the Texas map, I mean, this is actually a pretty... It's a pretty, uh, pretty uh, specific map here, but this is on the border, West Texas. This would be uh, just El Paso would be up here, north of Del Rio. If you wanna, if you're thinking about the point of Texas, so this is uh, between El Paso and um, yeah, Laredo. If you're on the border, <clears throat> there's Eagle Pass. You wanna go gamble? You go to Eagle Pass. You want to go to Uvalde? Who goes to Uvalde, right? You want to go to Del Rio? Who goes to Del Rio? Anyways, so uh, here's their Raptor alert system that describes a system that failed because apparently they have terrible internet signal over there. So who could know, right, what to do? Phones are off, teachers trying to lead by example, etc., 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 goes in to talk about their maintenance and their facility, the management of said maintenance and facility. And uh, it goes on to talk about the uh, shooter as well later on in the report, which I think would be interesting to get into at some point, depending on, um, you know, where they're going with this. And I didn't have time to review on the shooter, the attacker. That's in section four. It was something I would like to get to if it merits uh, the attention, not that it doesn't, but you know, let's talk about this man here. That's police chief Aaron Dondo. Does this look like the man who could be bothered to look up from his box of donuts and read a report that supposedly he wrote himself? Read the standard operating procedures that this man supposedly wrote himself, police chief Aaron Dondo? And, and again, also, also, he was what? He was a member of the city council. I found that actually interesting. Ladies and gentlemen, let's take a look because he resigned a little while after. He resigned a little while after. Uvalde School District Police Chief resigns from city council. This article comes from Police Tribune. We got all these tribunes today. Donating their information across the Lone Star News aggregate. It says here, um, Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District Police Chief Pete Arendondo announced his resignation from the Uvalde City Council late last week. Chief Arendondo, 51, was elected to the City Council approximately two weeks prior to the June 24th Robb Elementary School massacre that left 21 people dead and 17 more wounded. 19 of the murdered victims were children. Chief Arndondo was sworn in as District 3 Councilman in a private ceremony on May 31st. He failed to attend an emergency city council meeting held shortly after the massacre and also did not show up to a scheduled meeting on June 21st. The Uvalde City Council unanimously voted that day to deny Chief Arndondo's request for a leave of absence from his newly elected role. He had missed two more meetings. Had he missed two more meetings, the city council would have been able to remove him for abandoning his office. Chief Arandondo, who has repeatedly maintained he was not 
the on-site commander during the delayed response to the school massacre confirmed his resignation from city council on July 1st. After much consideration, I regret to inform those who voted for me that I have decided to step down as a member of the city council for District 3. The mayor, the city council, and the city staff must continue to move forward without distractions. I feel this is the best decision for Uvalde. Chief Aaron Dondo said the focus needs to be on the victims and supporting the Uvalde community, not the failures of his command. Very likely, wouldn't you think, guys? A special election will be held. Okay, so they're gonna have a sec they're going to hold a special election. Apparently for this man's position. And uh, he was placed on administrative leave from the uh, Uvalde CISD uh, administrative leave from his duties. Ladies and gentlemen. This man earns $90,000 per year. It's almost $100,000. He is the highest paid law enforcement officer in all of Uvalde County. The Uvalde Leader News reported. Damn, Aaron Dondo. He did not want to look up from his five boxes of donuts to read the duties that he had supposedly written himself, ladies and gentlemen. Insane. Oh, what's that? Clintons, they can't suicide us all. Oh, that's a fun, that's a fun looking shirt. I want a shirt like that. Anyways, man, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to make up some better designs here at uh, Miss Shop Mister CTV. Anyhow, okay, so all right, and then it goes into the compelling evidence about how the um, uh, uh, law enforcement, uh, most of all, Chief Arandondo failed. Okay, yeah. Director McGraw, Chief Arandondo, was the on-site commander. But he believes that that was not his role. Chief Arandondo insisted during an interview with the Texas Tribune that he and the officers under his command never hesitated while responding to the mass shooting. They did not hesitate for 73 minutes, ladies and gentlemen. They did not hesitate for 73 minutes. Here's the latest on Chief Arandondo. For those of you whose mouths are absolutely salivating with seething emotion about this man's failure, he faces a possible firing. Uh, this is coming from KXAN. This story is part of a KXAN series of reports called Stop Mass Shootings. Of course, that would be the name of your report. Providing context and exploring solutions surrounding gun violence in the wake of the deadly Uvalde school shooting. It says here, the police chief of the Uvalde school district could be fired Saturday after drawing criticism for his leadership during the response to the Robb Elementary shooting that killed 21 people. The Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District Board of Trustees will decide whether to terminate P. Arandondo's non-certified contract in a special meeting according to a board agenda. Uh, okay, all right, so back to Police Chief Aaron Dondo, ladies and gentlemen. It says here, um, the uh, Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District Board of Trustees will decide whether to terminate Pete Aaron Dondo's non-certified contract in a special meeting. 
Some discussion uh, among board members is expected to occur in a closed session, meaning not open to the public. The school district's attorney will also be consulted about legal and procedural issues related to terminating Arendando's contract. Uh, so what led up to this? It tells you all about, uh, I guess, the process here. They had a news conference on the 24th. The specifics were not correct. They had a Texas Department public safety meeting for the preliminary update on the 27th. DPS Director Stephen McGraw said the on-the-scene commander, considered to be Aaron Dondo, waited to breach the classroom where the shooter was located because he believed the situation had transitioned to a barricaded Subject on June 9th, Aaron Dondo defended his actions. On June 20th, parents and families affected by the mass shooting called for Aaron Dondo to be fired during a school board meeting. And on June 21st, Texas DPS released an in-depth timeline of the law enforcement response inside Robb Elementary. And on June 22nd, Aaron Dondo was placed on uh, administrative leave. And on July 2nd, Aaron Dondo also served on the Valde Council, um, resigned. July 12th, surveillance video from inside the school building during the shooting and subsequent law enforcement response um, was weak. That's what the surveillance video showed. Prior to the video being published online, lawmakers had planned to show the video to the families of the victims, first in a private viewing before releasing it to the public. On July 17th, a preliminary report on the school shooting compiled by a Texas House Investigative Committee was released. The report blamed systemic failures. Families pushed again for Aaron Dondo to be fired on the 18th and on the 19th. CNN reported that the school board was going to decide whether to terminate Aaron Dondo in that special meeting. So that's where that stands ladies and gentlemen but as we wrap up today's episode of the sea report oh i was going to share this article from the new york post but they killed immersive um usually the you know usually the new york post will come up post will come up with some interesting deets that you don't get in other places but i think the main response here the main question here is really about this whole Safety of guns, um, or I should say safety of children in schools. I mean, this is kind of a no-brainer here, ladies and gentlemen, for uh, regular members of an audience such as a show like this. If we would not make schools gun-free zones, if we allowed our teachers to arm and guard, if we uh, uh, invested a little bit more in uh, you know, school security, these types of occurrences would not happen. I mean, the Texas Tribune, as you saw in their article, tried to make a case for the fact that um, this uh, 376 law enforcement good guys standing around doing nothing with guns could stop an active shooter. You know, I'm pretty sure a uh, an armed teacher who cares about their uh, students and who has been trained, not, not a post-traumatic uh, trained teacher, right? Now, let's, not, let's not talk about training a crazy left-wing, uh, gender-confused, socialist, Marxist teacher in Uvalde, right? They're the last person that we want to train. You don't want to train a gender-confused, Marxist, uh, lefty teacher in Uvalde now. No, you want the conservative, responsible, law-abiding uh, people with the moral compass 
and a a sense of ethics and integrity to be the law-abiding citizen to stop that, right? The, these are going to be people who are already interested in, um, you know, um, uh, being armed in school. These are going to be the teachers, ladies and gentlemen, and these are going to be the individuals who work in schools whom were already concerned, whom already have uh, experience with, um, with a- weapons and ammunition, who already have experience uh, and training uh, in, in utilizing that weapon, ladies and gentlemen, those are the type of teachers you want to be able to get in schools with those types of capabilities. Can you imagine how many students they could save? And, and can you also imagine, because I would put a privacy clause in there. I mean, I, if, I, if I, I would be like, as a teacher, you cannot tell your students that you ha- are armed. Because that's going to be another deterrent right there. If the students don't know what teachers are armed, they don't know how how effective their little uh, uh, glory day of uh, suicide by cop will be, right? Because that means any, any adult in the school could be armed. So, uh, well, there's that, ladies and gentlemen. There's that. So big question here, big question here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's see what we got. Some comments coming here. I got one last article we're going to go through. I said we're going to go through some overtime and then we'll call it for this afternoon session of Lone Star News. Just Josie says our regular officers make more than that here. Not sure why so high paid. Where are you at? Just Josie. You in Texas? Awesome. (laughs) Raven 2000. Y'all talking about Trump. Yep. 19 counts of manslaughter. Yeah, we'll be back at 7.30 with the President Trump rally. If you guys want to join us, you're more than welcome to. Raven2000 says, the head of Board of Education made $350,000. He got caught giving himself a raise and left. And you live near D.C. Hey, hey, hey. I mean, the corruption from the State House to the White House, right, Raven2000? From the State House to the White House. Um, okay, so here's a, here's an interesting article I really wanted to share. Oh, wait, where's my article at? <laughs> oh, it's way down here. Let me go ahead and pull this up. Uh, let me see if I can get this in immersive. That would be really great if we could do that. Uh, found this interesting article out of torysays.com. Um, about mass shootings and a possible objective for the Uvalde shooter. Now, there's some video in here. I don't know if the video is going to bleed through or not. Maybe not. Okay, we might have to. Oh, wait, it does. Awesome. Okay, excellent. Okay, let's just get through this. This is a, this is a good perspective, I think, to have. Uh, and I would say it's, it's probably, um, along with a good perspective, it, it probably is. Uh, credible, ladies and gentlemen, a, a credible perspective. So um, let's take a look at this. Um, objective surveillance, guns and your kids. Again, the title is Uvalde Objective Social Credit Score for Kids Too. Again, this is coming out of torysays.com. It says, a tragedy struck Texas, over 15 children and uh, dead and two teachers. Of course, we know that number is higher now. In an instant, gun control was back in the news. A disaster is an opportunity to fuel a plan for all cogs in the corrupt machine. Here are the chances they are seizing and what you missed. Control access to consumer goods. Incredibly, the New York Times self-proclaimed as themselves mouthpiece 
of the people almost ordering the White House to do something, the self-proclaimed representative of the people from the New York Times, who is the only person wearing a mask, suggested that the executive branch attempt to hold the gun manufacturer accountable for the shootings, which is a brilliant idea. Next time a driver runs over my lawn, I will call the car manufacturer and use them to pay for repairs. Manufacturers should be held accountable for irresponsible users getting a car. And uh, oh, so there was a clip here. I guess we can't see it. Uh, let me get out of immersive. <clears throat> we'll uh, we'll uh, how you say humor the um, humor the uh, the White House reporter here. Okay, so uh, let's see that real quick. And wants me to jump out of full screen too. Come on. Come on, get along, little doggy. It's going to play a commercial. All right, let's just kill the commercial. Hold on. And uh, actually, while it's dying, the commercial that is, we'll set you guys up for some good sound in here. Just a few minutes of overdrive. We'll wrap it up in about 10 more minutes, ladies and gentlemen. And you may continue with your normally scheduled Sunday, Sunday, your normally scheduled uh, Friday afternoon shenanigans, ladies and gentlemen. Now, is this the whole clip or what are we looking at? No, it's a portion of the clip. Okay. All right. Let's pull her up. gun violence. He was there at the table. Isn't that um, more of an indictment than it is a, a plus to say that, that, the, that the current president has has been involved in this for more than, you know, more than, you know, for decades, and it's not being fixed. These, these things are happening over and over again. But look, Michael, we are frustrated as well. We are angry as well. Look, I said this earlier, and I'll say it again. This is a president who has done more via executive actions, this is how much of a priority this is for him, because we're a year in into his presidency, more via executive actions than any president in their first year. But many of those are not directly right, related which is to why, mass shootings. They, which, they may be directly related to guns, but, and, and that's important, I'm not saying, but right. they're not directly related to... Well, to, this is why we're calling on Congress to act. The president is doing what... The president is, your, the president is doing what he can, right, from here from the White House. And now, and he has said he cannot do this alone. He's been very clear. We, he understands we need to do more, but Congress also has to act. He has done a comprehensive uh, plan on gun, on, on gun violence. We have listed that out every couple of months. We talk about what he's doing, what executive action he's taking. And now he is saying Congress needs to act. But he has been saying that for some time. Yeah, Kristen. I want to follow up on this idea because the president campaigned on a promise to be able to bring. And then we end up with Tucker Carlson. Okay. All right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. And then we end up with Tucker Carlson. Okay. All right. Interesting clip that. Interesting clip that. Uh, Totally pertinent, totally pertinent. Okay, so let's get back to this article and finish it up here, ladies and gentlemen of the jury and the esteemed audience. Okay, so it says here, 
That lady behind that guy was just totally distracting me. Anyhow. So uh, we're talking about uh, the manufacturers getting here. It says, in other words, manufacturers of consumer goods should be careful who consumes them. Their products are to be purchased by eligible consumers. Essentially, items are only to be sold to responsible people. But how do you calculate that? Well, let's guess. A social credit score would allow or disallow people to buy things. They will always tell us what they want. Aside from being a ludicrous statement, the guy is not stupid. He's on a mission. Let's start the conversation that people identified as a risk can't buy cars because if they are drinkers, a car company can be sued if there is a DUI accident. Therefore, alcohol consumers are ineligible to buy a car. You see how that works? Second Amendment red flag laws all assist social credit. Um, let's see here. Feng Feng's ex-boyfriend. Uh, Feng Feng died in a mysterious plane crash. Beto O'Rourke. Feng Feng's ex-boyfriend, Beto O'Rourke. <laughs> Was Feng Feng banging Beto O'Rourke and Swallowell? What? What are the odds that... You, I'm going to have to look into that, okay? Feng Feng and Beto. <laughs> Sorry, guys, that one kind of just uh, that one that one kind of just surprised me there for a minute. Um, Beto O'Rourke, who self-proclaims himself an hombre, that's not that's not a, that's not a way that you style hair. That's not a color. That's not a color. What do you call it? Um, sequence hombre. We're talking about hombre, like a man. He considers himself a, a man. Hombre in Spanish, whatever. Robert Francis O'Rourke. Uh, they demonstrated their objective with Uvalde. While this was a stunt and some cringy grandstanding, it's evident that the purpose of the outburst, uh, again, we're referencing the outburst that uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke had during the press conference with the governor. It was not just a PR stunt, but to reinforce what New York Times masked reporter had inferred. We need to implement red flag laws. We can implement a list of eligible ammunition and gun consumers and identify those that are to be ineligible. A little further into the statement, digital state currencies are being deployed. The states are examining the programmability of the digital currency or ability of purchasing power. Your salary will land in your account after taxes. You will be able to purchase things with housing credit, luxury, and or food credits, but your personal flow will have restrictions like guns if you are ineligible for such a purpose. If you want to eat, uh, if you want to eat Twinkies, but your health insurance says you need to lose weight, your credits will have restrictions on junk food. Yes, see how that works? Children should be surveilled and on a system too. Your kids for safety, of course. Children's juvenile records are sealed and not available to the public. If a child does something criminal, it is sealed and never brought against them as adults. The, the theory to this is that children can be reformed if done correctly. In essence, children can unlearn bad behavior and cultivate their moral compass due to their age as they are still growing. Children are not allowed on social media and advocating for putting all their records in a database is being supported. Here is a clip from 2018. Okay, and that clip is actually a clip of um, we're not gonna we're not gonna watch the clip. It's a clip of a um, it's a clip of a case in 2000. 
2017? Well, it was, oh, it's from 2018. It was two years after a shooting. Um, and it happened in Uvalde. And this, it's a news clip where law enforcement stopped a 13-year-old and a 14-year-old in Uvalde who were going to uh, shoot a school up. And they were using school um, iPads to uh, message each other about their plans, okay? They were going to do a copycat Columbine type of shooting, okay? So that was the clip that, they, that, that was shown. Um, it says here, spinning the narrative even though it was destroyed. Many people claimed that Ramos was one of the children referred to in this video. Uh, state troopers have confirmed that he is not, but the media and Congressman Gonzalez are pushing this narrative. Uh, here's the report claiming that sparked and prompted the Texas Rangers to respond. We might want to take a look at that one. That one sounds like it could have some uh, relevance uh, immediately speaking. Vince McMahon retires from CEO of WWE. Oh, wow. Anyways, okay, so uh, let's see. Do we got a clip here? Do we got a clip here? It says, Representative Tony Gonzalez claimed on Friday that the gunman behind Tuesday's shooting at Robb Elementary in Uvalde, Texas, was arrested four years ago uh, uh, for threatening to shoot up a school. Okay. Uh, we'll just go through the article. Screw the clip, right? Okay, so <laughs> we'll just go through this article right here. Let's jump into immersive. We'll make it easier to read, hopefully. Okay, it says here, um, Gonzalez, whose congressional district includes Uvalde, told Fox News that he found out on Thursday night that the shooter was arrested years ago, four years ago, for having this plan for basically saying, for saying, you know, when I'm a senior in 2022, I'm going to shoot up a school. Something fell between the cracks between then and now, and uh, to allow this to happen... Uh, we need to shake out all the facts. We need to figure out what happened, where are the holes, and uh, we need to make sure it does not happen again. But if law enforcement, you know, identified him four years ago as a threat, we need to figure out why he wasn't, you know, why he, how he got removed from that. Authorities have said that Ramos had no criminal record as an adult, but may have had a juvenile record. Details have surfaced about Ramos, past difficult social life, and that he was known to police. The Washington Compost reported that Ramos lived a rough life with his mother, whom they said did drugs. Reyes told the outlet that she tried to kicking she tried kicking her son out of her house, causing him to scream at her. So that was what uh, Thomas uh, Gonzalez, uh, sorry, Tony Gonzalez said uh, regarding that incident, and that apparently was proven to be false as the state troopers confirmed that that was not Gonzalez. Uh, real questions and how to see conspiracy without a tinfoil hat. As for the questions people should ask rather than fall into the rabbit hole of a false flag, who's the company that sold the gun? The gun was purchased on credit. Was the gun purchased on credit? How did that credit uh, extend to a kid who had just turned 18 that would have a paper thin credit file? Uh, did he provide income? Did he use ID? What is the financing of the company? Expensive guns and free financing? A question mark. Was there fraud? Was there financing? Why is a former governor's family fortune behind this? Why was um, CPB there? Police were holding people at bay? Question mark. How is the door unlocked? Oasis Outback? Question mark. Briscoe Outback. What are these companies? How, uh... How come this article was scrubbed from the internet and only found in the archive? Ooh, what article is that? Let's find out. Let's be fair. This looks odd, especially in a town just 20,000 people. 
of just 20,000 people with an insane amount of federal funds pouring in, why would DHS spend millions in a city to build roads? When did Homeland Security take charge of those road building uh, operations? In fact, where is this road? Because there are no new roads. Most of them are dirt. Billions in federal funding and an old money company worth billions are in the middle. It is a conspiracy or a coincidence. Is it a conspiracy or coincidence? All eyes are on this small city to demonstrate their end game. Are they treating it as a political move that happened conveniently a few days before President Trump speaks at the NRA convention in Texas? How many coincidences before it is mathematically impossible? As per the substance of this, children were killed or not. Whatever the theory you have, make believe or real children were killed. Can people not grieve for them? They were innocent children. Did they shove illegal migrant children and sacrifice them? Did the school cold, uh, did they just cold blood die? Humanity is not resonating with the mass death. It's being seen as a political talking point. This young lady put into perspective for all. False flag, what happened? It happened, but was it planned by the government? They orchestrated a kidnapping with one mentally ill person against the governor. Therefore, this notion is not far-fetched. Cartels? Whoa, man, this is digging way deep, right? Um, Whatever the reason, the story portrayed in the media is horrific. People should be grieving for the state of our nation. Those that claim to represent us or are elected to protect and foster our communities should be grieving, not campaigning or pushing tyrannical agendas. Armed with facts, whatever the details of operations or tragedy, the facts remain the same. Good point that. I wonder what this is. Oh, Lord. Um, Okay, so humanity is not resonating with these mass deaths. It's being seen as a political talking point that this young lady puts into perspective. I'm going to play this, guys, and then we're going to call this episode a wrap. The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener-supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the sea report. Your support is greatly appreciated from 99 cents per month to 4.99 per month to 9.99 per month. Every donation counts, and every bit helps. Show your support for The Sea Report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash The Sea Report. And thanks, y'all. We can let them! We can give them 24 hours before we made this <laughs> Republicans versus Democrats! If you haven't realized by now, they're working on the same agenda. You're the problem. To these Hollywood people, they are scum of the earth. They make everything about politics, Hollywood, and government synonymous.
this forever. Forever. I will never support these pricks for doing that. And people are so wrapped up in their politics, they don't understand. They don't understand, yo. I'm so sorry. <laughs> These people are non-humans. I want secession. I don't care anymore. Conservative versus liberal versus progressive versus libertarian. Everybody in between. We have to separate forever. These lunatics are ridiculous, yo. They are ridiculous. They are ridiculous. We cannot live together. We cannot unite with people like this. We can't. We cannot. Because they will not stop. They will not stop. The goal of these people to virtue signal to us when they stand on the side of the people who funded Ukraine and Russia, the people who gave the Taliban weapons, what are you talking about? The blood is on our hands. All right, guys. That's a heavy way to wrap up an episode of Lone Star News. But, well, there you go. I mean, I don't know uh, how else uh, you want to take it, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, a lot of truth in that emotion. A lot of truth in that emotion. And it is very, very sad indeed. Man. Oof, boy. Let me tell you what. Don't you understand? They're working on the same agenda, these Republicans and Democrats. And if you can't figure that out, ladies and gentlemen, if you cannot figure that out. All right, guys. Well, this is Mr. C signing off for this episode of Lone Star News. Thank you for hanging out this afternoon. If you're live with us over at Rumble, if you're over uh, live with us over at Twitch, uh, Clout Hub, thefoxhole.appill.net. Uh, it is, uh, it's been a pleasure, uh, having you aboard with us, uh, do ninja fart over there at Twitch. Hey there. Yes. Very sad indeed. Thank you for tuning in at the end of this episode. We'll be back at 7 30 PM central time. That's Texas time. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, to cover the save America rally featuring the likes of president Trump and governor Carrie Lake. Oh, did I say governor Carrie Lake over there in Arizona? It'll be a great time, ladies and gentlemen. It'll be a great time. Um, so go get yourselves some good dinner. Go get yourselves something to eat or snack on. And we will be back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. C signing off for now. Take care until next time. Why can't we grieve? For children. Why can't we grieve? Chris Evans, Alyssa Milano, Stephen King, Rosie O'Donnell, you pukes. You couldn't wait 24 hours before you made this about November in the midterms. You pukes. You filth. We don't know where to put our grief. You're making this about donkeys. Hee-haw. You pukes. I don't know what to do with my grief. I don't know what to do, but let me tell you one thing. I'm not tolerating virtue signaling from any Hollywood jerk who is so delusional that they can wake up in the morning from their glass tower virtue signal and tell me that I have blood on my hands for having a firearm, for supporting my right to bear arms. They don't have that right because they just told us to go 
friends. Did y'all forget? Are y'all that damn delusional? Maybe I have a firearm because I don't trust my government because they just gave weapons to the Taliban. I know what they're about. They don't work for me. They don't work for you, you activists. Chris Evans doesn't deserve the American flag he wore for eight years of my damn life. Captain communist. These people won't let us grieve. We can't. Enough is enough with the virtue signaling. Somebody tell these Hollywood pukes. They have no right. My people fought to bear arms in this country. I'm a single damn woman. I will not lose my right to bear arms for every woman who's raped with a knife because she wasn't allowed to shoot her way out of that tragedy. Is the blood on your hands, Stephen King? Is it? The last time I checked, that hideous, evil monster of a human, that human garbage who committed that crime, that crime alone rests on his hands. I don't have to carry it. It's not hard to understand. You take away the rights of Americans to bear arms, the criminals will still have their weapons. We live in hell. We're not horrible people because we understand that there are casualties. Those girls, those boys, they were casualties of a right that we can't afford to lose. Why? Because our government, we don't trust these assholes. We have no reason to. They are a necessary evil. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Though victory is proof of the skills you possess, defeat is the proof of your grit. A weakling can smile in his days of success, but at trouble's first sign, he will quit. So the test of the heart and the test of your pluck isn't skies that are sunny and fair but how do you stand to the blow that is struck and how do you battle despair a fool can seem wise when the pathway is clear and it's easy to see the way out but the test of a man's judgment is something to fear and what does he do when in doubt and the proof of his faith is the courage he shows when sorrows lie deep in his breast it's the way that he suffers, the griefs that he knows, that bring out his worst or his best. The test of a man is how much he will bear for a cause which he knows to be right. How long will he stand in the depths of despair? How much will he suffer and fight? There are many who serve when the victory's near, and few are the hurts to be borne. But it calls for a leader of courage to cheer the men in a battle forlorn. It's the way you hold out against odds that are great 
that proves what your courage is worth. It's the way that you stand to the bruises of fate that shows up your stature and girth. And victory's nothing but proof of your skill, veneered with a glory that's thin, unless it is proof of unfaltering will, and unless you have suffered to win.